The following program is rated M-A-L. It contains strong language. It is intended only for mature audiences. This week on the 5-Minute Warning. Your phone, not, your phone knows you not. so well that all it has to do is put my pillow guy and it knows you're going to stop and read it. I, I see my it. pillow guy, I skip. You see my <laughs> pillow guy and you go to. That dude owns <laughs> your soul, man. The week before we moved, I had played in a regional baseball all-star game. At least that's what my mom thought, regional baseball all-star game. Actually, that was the game that made my team go to Ohio to the Little League World Series. So after I pitched a shutout, I moved to Virginia and watched all of my teammates play on ESPN. You've done this job for 25 years. I mean, that's great. We know you're good at it. Maybe it's time for you to go do something else. You've been doing this long enough. I mean... But I, I ain't necessarily opposed. I just don't know how much that fixes. And now, the five-minute warning. Okay, students, this is your five-minute warning. I repeat, five-minute warning. Silence. This is the five-minute warning with Ruben Brown, happening right now. Hello. <laughs> Welcome to five-minute warning. Yes, this is Ruben, and Ruben pushed the wrong button. <laughs> That's why there was like a, what? So yeah. we're early. I mean, we're a little early. We about a minute early. Well, that's you cool. know, I'm, I'm take this man, keep eating my salad, then. See, there yeah. you go. You eating this. I mean, I'm just mad that I'm not eating a salad. Because I really need to eat salad more often. But, Dad, we just want to go ahead and just eat salad on a joint. All right. So, once again, this is my this is five-minute warning. I'm Ruben, of course, the gentleman eating salad, who's got the Pokemon hat on, um, is eating salad, and that's Moby. What's going on, Moby? Hey, man, life is better with salad. I mean, yeah, because you got to catch them all, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't think he's talking about Pokemon. But, hey, you know, you, you do with it as you please. Don't be up here getting me in trouble, bro. Hey, man, I'm not getting nobody in trouble. I'm just making a statement because there's no Pokemon ball up there, so I figure... Your equal opportunity with Hold that on, gotta catch them all. all them Pokemon up there, man. Oh, see, that's on the brim, man. You see, you can't show that. If I could bleep it out, I would. So, like, I'd bleep it out because I ain't trying to get sued by nobody. But, um, yeah, man. It's, it's been a little crazy. But I think the one thing I want to talk about first. I got my Pokeball in my cup, though, by the way. So. Oh, okay. Is that good? That's a special Pokeball? You got Squirtle up in there? No comment. You know, be careful, man. They'll give you the gas. <laughs> Probably one of the greatest robot chicken episodes ever, or at least skits ever. So, as everybody looks up what robot chicken is right now, or the old guy's like, wow, man, you took it back. So, we had LeBron James make a mistake on a tweet. Then he apologized. Uh, What's it a mistake? Well, he made a tweet. He realized that was a wrong position he he should have taken. He deleted said tweet. Came back and basically apologized for said tweet and explained why he took it down and why he shouldn't have put it up. So first of all, I'd like to say, all right, at least he's trying. So then you got this dude in Ohio who decided that, well, because... He made that tweet 
we will no longer show NBA games in my bar until LeBron James is, quote, expelled from the league. How that's going to happen? First of all, you get expelled from school. You know, you get expelled from some... I don't know what else you get expelled from. Because everything else, after you become an adult, you get fired. So, expelled from the league clearly wasn't the word that he wanted. Because it doesn't make any sense. Like, he's in school and they're going to kick him out the league. What's going on, E-Money? But that's not the thing. And so, basically... I mean, I, I think that was just a dumb reason to get attention. And if people if people really watched NBA in your place, then they ain't coming. So clearly nobody watched the NBA in your pub anyway. So, I mean, we trying to get all like, you know, Twitter gangster. Man, you ain't getting no money from me. He ain't getting money from you no way. Unless you buying his shoes or you buying his stuff, which clearly you are not. Man, people need to let that go. People need to let that go. White people, man. I mean, white, black, Puerto Rican, Asian. I don't care what kind of... I mean, if that's your your stance, that's your stance. But I mean, when it's all said and done, hashtag nobody cares. I feel like we need to clean some things up. First of all, LeBron did not apologize for putting his tweet up. He apologized because he realized that his tweet was being weaponized by the opposition because all he put up there was your next accountability. And maybe he rushed to judgment on that. But the other side was saying that he was trying to incite violence by saying accountability. Now, for those people to say that this dude is trying to incite violence after January 6th happened, and nobody wants to say that that dude was inciting violence. But yet, when somebody puts a tweet that says, you're next accountability. Hashtag accountability. Yeah, hashtag accountability. Now you want to say that this dude is calling for violence. First of all, all anybody who's offended by his um quote-unquote call to violence, in air quotes, man, go kill yourself. Dang, really? They gotta do yeah, all man. Because I'm... I'm like I don't I don't need you to repopulate this world if you if you holding on to weak ass arguments like that, man. I need I don't need my kids to grow up in a world where somebody that shares your chromosomes might exist. But remember, hatred is learned, not sit down by But I see what you're saying. Yeah, but if you're around you're gonna teach it, so I need you to go. Sometimes there is a there there are cases in which, you know, that does not go in that is not being conformed, you know, in the the household but i understand what you're saying you know those are small cases but it's just a weak argument man like oh yeah definitely and and, you know i'm just everything is so politicized right now man um i'm actually mad he took the tweet down because i feel like taking the tweet down has allowed people like you not even meaning it in a negative way to quote unquote say that he was apologizing for something when he didn't do anything wrong he was taking it down because he was like it was being weaponized. I think he should have kept it up because he was like, yeah, I know what I meant. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, nobody with half a brain and any reason or logic thought that this dude was trying to incite lo- uh, violence. Well, and this is, I mean, and this is what I'll say to that. You're right. He wasn't. Nor do I think or most people don't think. However, 
You know, the problem is that on this planet, we do have people who choose not to use this thing in our head, in our cranium. Um, yeah, but you can't cater to them. Like, we, we can't, I, I, we, we gotta stop catering to these people. Yeah, but here's the thing, man. I'm just saying that you know, you're right. We shouldn't have to cater to these people. But then every time I turn around, somebody's taking a gun and going somewhere shooting it up. And then they either kill themselves afterwards or they're just like, such, 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 and such. And I'm just like, when, I mean, what? Or they, or now there's all this money being used in a manhunt for these people because they on the run now. And I'm thinking to myself, what? Like, and you're right. We shouldn't have to censor ourselves because we have people out in this world who choose or can't choose to act a certain way. You know, they take it extreme or they take it for exactly what it says, even though context clues is telling you it's not what it's doing. So until we can at least unfortunately get some of that straightened out I don't think it was a bad idea for him to drop the tweet um I personally was like okay whatever I mean cause when it's all said and done social media is like social media itself is being weaponized by anybody who's got two thumbs and is not this guy so I mean it's just one of those things all we can do is just you know, hopefully that, you know, the power of positivity will prevail. And so, you know, a lot of these people got some sense, but clearly we can't even depend on that, which is almost sad. I almost feel like now you got to get a background check to get a Twitter account. <laughs> I mean, because you got people up here who are just done with it, you know, and it's, you know, a Twitter account or a, uh, Instagram or Facebook. I mean, dude, you almost got to get a, a reference check to get an email account. So I'm just whatever. These these people. I mean, they're pissing me off. So, yeah, but we yeah, talk, we talked about this longer than I feel like we needed to, man. I mean, yeah, and because you know, our next thing we're gonna talk about is near and dear to my heart. As anybody who listens to the show well knows. You know, this is one of those times I wish I had like introduction music because I would be like, dun, 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 dun. it's my pillow time. Do, 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 man, you do, need to get do, off this do, dude, do, man. Do, 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 do. Hey, look, man. I don't know why this dude owns so much of your mind space, man. He really doesn't. It's he's the we talked thing, about him like five times up here. This dude is still funny. This dude owns your mind space, no. man. Hey, look, man. I you know me. I gotta call out the stupid man. No, you don't. I mean, you're right. I don't, but it's funny to do. <laughs> it's funny to do so. And that's what I do. Then the, the floor is yours, sir. Well, thank you. So, my pillow decided they wanted to file a $1.6 billion countersuit against Dominion Voting Systems. Because, you know, Dominion Voting filed a $1.3 billion countersuit against, you know, against um, him and his company. Because, you know, basically, he tell, he'd tell everybody that their systems are the reason why Trump lost and, you know, basically making the system look bad. All right, that's your backup. 
Now, he found a $1.6 billion countersuit. And basically, his argument is saying, quote, this is a free speech case. This is a First Amendment case, unquote. Well, and help me out here, Moby. Hey, you're right. It was a First Amendment case until you said you had proof. That's right, air quotes, proof that Dominion Voting Systems machines were leaning slightly to um, moving things to Biden and Harris. So, with that be- with that being said, Moby, am I correct on that statement? As you eat your salad. Correct. Alright, thank you. So, I'm just like, I need this to, I need this court case to happen because my pills already lost a ton of cash because of this situation. You know, no, all the, you know, your Walmarts and everybody's carrying them. Nah, bro, you too hot. We not carrying your stuff right now. So right now he's living on, you know, when people buy it online or they call the place directly or the email. I mean, whatever. So it's hard to build a billion dollar business strictly on direct direct mail. It's possible, but it's hard. So, first Moby, I want to say, you think he's got a chance of even winning this case? I don't think it's about winning this case, man. Look, man, if um, Trumplicans can raise thousands of dollars for GoFundMe uh, This guy's been campaign, watching Cuomo. I'm just saying, if, if these guys <laughs> can raise money on GoFundMe and stuff, you mean... You don't think that this is giving him like a whole bunch of support from people who are 100% on his side? It ain't about winning this case. This 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 case, I don't even think it's going to make it to court. You wanted to make it to court? They ain't going to make it. This ain't making it to court. This is just about getting that base to keep spending money on him. And because those dudes are so diehard, like, yo... Them Trump followers, they'll spend their money to help you, man. It don't matter. Like, you be dead ass wrong. They're going to give you that money. But if it does go to trial, ain't no way in hell he got a chance of winning. Ain't no way in hell. All right, so are you basically saying if this goes to trial, my pillow goes away? No, nah, it ain't going to go away. I mean, he's going to probably have to file bankruptcy. He wouldn't be. The, it wouldn't be the first company to. Yeah. I mean... I just, you know, it's funny. Just start selling those um, Trump teddy bears. Trump pillows. <laughs> you sleep on it, and you just stay there. The, the Trump 2024 pillows. <laughs> Moco Cowboy saying, my pillow's living rent-free. Nah. You know, I let them in every once in a while, but you know what? The one thing you have to admit You have to is, be proactively seeking out these stories. Your phone, not, your phone knows you not. so well that all it has to do is put my pillow guy and it knows you're going to stop and read it. I, I see my it. pillow guy, I skip. You see my <laughs> pillow guy and you go to. That dude owns <laughs> your soul, man. But the, but the fight, here's the funny part about this. The funny part about this, it didn't show up on my phone. I was actually looking at a different article when over on the side it said, you know, my pillow such filed and, you know, and you 1.6 billion dollars. And like, I was like, this? I, I gotta was like, go. What is this? I was like, what is this? And I was like, yo. People, I the mean, ultimate clickbait for this dude is my pillow guy. You put my pillow guy up there, <laughs> he's gotta click. Hey man, you know what else is a good clickbait for me? Five minute warning. 
You put five minute warning, I'm gonna look at it. Say what you want. Let me see. Dre's like, this dude's eating food in front of us. Then podcast is gonna hit a crunching. You know, first of all, shout out to AG, who's not here this week. He'll he be got back me. next week. He got my back. But you know what? You don't be hearing that in the podcast, son, because AG is the man. Don't even come with that. You got to keep that to yourself, son. You know, and of course, thank you, Moco Cowboy. I want to see him get destroyed in court, too, just so I can laugh at it. You call that what it is? You call that hating? You call that written space? You know what? Sometimes you just got to see some people fall. Just some people. You're just so obsessed with it, man. I just, I I'm just not really obsessed, healthy, man. I just want you to find something else to to be obsessed about. Eh, my pillow's too fun. I don't be I don't be looking for stuff about your boy Raphael. I don't be looking for stuff about him. I mean, yeah, I look for it. Usually, it's front page news. And when I, I see mean, it, I just I just I just skip it. Like he, I I've intentionally avoided that dude. I'm not giving I, these I'm not giving these people that much of my time, man. I think he's just mad you calling Raphael, so he he's been quiet lately. Whatever. My hey, name is Raphael. I'm calling Raphael. <laughs> so what we want to do is we want to reach out to everyone and we want to give you a chance, of course, to to join in and that sort of thing. So and I want this to, I want these to be serious as best as possible. But I know I got some comedians out there who think they're funny. <clears throat> um so what we want you to do is between now and ne- this next Saturday, Saturday the second, f- first, whatever that day is, before the- before next Sunday. If you have a my five you'd like us to do, you can send it to us on our email down here, five minute one nineteen at gmail.com. Hit us up on the Twitter, the Instagram, or the Twitch. Or if you're typing in and talking to us now, you can go ahead and put that in there now. We will take the best one and we will do a my five on it next week. Because you know what? We want to hear what you got to say and we want to hear what you're interested in. So we will take the best one. And if all of them suck, we're just going to come up with another of our own. Because I want these to be interesting. So with that being said, we're going to take a quick year review on a couple things that happened um, in the past week. So, um, the Derek Chauvin case, he was found guilty of all charges. Um, so now the next step is for him to be sentenced. Now, my first question is, why are we waiting eight weeks to sentence this dude? I mean, that's kind of just the norm. I mean, that's just kind of how long they take. Really? Yeah. I mean, I think they have up to eight weeks. I don't think they have to wait the entire eight weeks. But they are. They're waiting the whole eight weeks. Trying to let this thing cool down. I mean, my theory is they're trying to let it cool down a little bit. So the judge so, can hit us with nothing? Yeah, so when the judge hits them with the lightest sentence possible, hopefully so people will have uh, forgot. <laughs> yeah. Hey, look, well, man, they, they trying. I mean, what planet? They are. So a couple of things with that. So the most he can get is 75 years because he was... Um, found guilty of all three. However, he is a first-timer. So he he has a clear record. So they may take stuff off of that. Obviously, whatever time served he has. But 
for the most part, they're probably they're saying he's looking somewhere around twenty five years. Um, I guess my question is, in your opinion, Moby, do you think the world will be satisfied with twenty five years? Or are we just looking at some? If it ain't seventy five, I mean, we going streaking. I mean, what's going on? I mean, you know, honestly, I just feel like they people ain't gonna be happy unless he get the maximum. And I mean, well, my thing are- is, even if he gets the maximum, like, are we going like? This was such a layup that I just don't feel like. I mean, I don't even really look at it like it was much progress. Like, I don't even care. Like, I'm happy he was found guilty, and. If he, I would be cool with 25. I mean, do I think he should get more? Yeah. I don't think he should ever get out. But that's my personal opinion. I don't think he should ever get out. Okay. But, I mean, do I expect that to be the case? Nah. I mean, just, you know, because basically the judge is, you know, the judge have to determine whether, you know, is this case, is this situation worthy enough to be um for his no criminal record be overwritten overwritten and you know that's an issue that the judge has to think about it i mean am i gonna be happy i would be i would be happy with 25 years i would be very upset if it's like 10 because i'm be like come on bro like he can get out and you know go frolic and stuff <laughs> i mean I think his freedom needs to be removed for an extended period of time. Ten years, maybe, is just not enough for me. Um, but 25, I'd be fine with it. But, you know, I was very happy that Minnesota didn't blow up that night. Um, I was very You know, you know if it had been not guilty, boy, Woo! that shit was going to burn. Oh, yeah, that city was done. <laughs> Cancel Christmas. I mean, I don't care how much you bored up, man. not just that city, man. Like... All the major cities was going. Laws ain't come come for me. I'm just saying, you know. And um, so yeah, man. Like, and they fa- they were fairly peaceful that night. I still don't understand the reason why it's still they were there at nighttime, but it is what it is. Um, you know. <laughs> so Dre from VA says they got to do a pre pre sentence report. Blah blah, whole bunch of paperwork that takes eight weeks. Yeah, okay, keep moving. Um, he'll be an isolated confinement. Man, he ain't never going to Gin Pop. Ever. If he goes to Gin Pop, he's gone. You can cancel Christmas on that. Ah, they got you. That is another old person phrase. Cancel that's Christmas. Right. I mean <laughs> that's yo man. Everybody who know me, that's my that's my ish, man. Yo, cancel Christmas. That's all day. I got what did I get? Richard Pryor? I think it was a Richard Pryor stand up. Um, I think he said Cash Christian. I was like, yeah, that might be the greatest thing I've ever heard. Well, for some people. Um, and then as far as, you know, as far as the verdict being overturned, I mean, they can try. I mean, the only difference, honestly, the difference between this and the OJ case, to be real, is what they went after. If they went after murder one, they would have lost. And that's why they didn't. And my theory was that because you got to prove premeditation. Which yeah, is. and with and with OJ, you couldn't prove that, and it wasted a whole bunch of taxpayer money with that too. And then on top of that, at the very least, and we talked about it, Moby, 
they put that manslaughter in there because at the very least he was getting that he walked in getting manslaughter just because there's no it's just hard to prove that he did that you know on accident you know he's staring right at the camera smiling yeah you didn't do that on accident <laughs> so you know i i I'm glad Minnesota's still there. Um, however, we still got one more hurdle because if he gets like two years, that place is blowing up. I mean, it's just that. I mean, yo, 25 is like minimal, I think. I think if he gets less than 25, there could be some problems in the street. You know? I mean, I would agree with you on that. I mean, and hell, I think even if he gets 25, it's still going to be a whole bunch of people that's going to do the math and be like, yo, he's still going to get out. I mean, yeah, if you think he's going to last that long. That's the, that's, and see, that's my thought process. Like, once again, I don't think he, he ain't never going to be in gym pop, man. Oh, if he does, yo, when the first day he gets a gym pop, he's getting in the fight so he can get in the solitary. That's what I would do. Cause if he don't, he, he's going to be dead. Um, Portland's upset. Portland's always upset. Um, I don't know why they're upset this time, but, um, I know that's a highly, um, Trumplican location. So really, I think I thought Portland was pretty diverse. Well, the I, the people are not Trumpicans, but the the people in charge, except for like the mayor or whatever, kind of is. So, um, you know, it, it's it's weird. I don't know why they're upset though. I'll look it up. We'll talk about it next week if it's something important. But they're probably upset about everything. Um, and the next thing we want to talk about is the teenager getting shot by the cops as she was running um, with a knife in her hand toward another girl. Was that Makai Bryant? Yes. So, from what I've read and what I understand, it's not just about that shooting. Apparently, the girl, Miss Bryant, had been getting picked on significantly by, by girls at school. And they would come to her house and bring to her house and pick on her and stuff like that. And, you know, I believe the police was called. Um, nobody, you know, helped. Nobody did anything. Um, and she kind of snapped. From what I from what I read, and and I'm trying to be as non-biased as possible. And when the police finally got there, you have the scene of her running to the other girl with a knife in her hand. They told her to stop multiple times and she's moving. So she gets shot. Now I I have my own opinion on it. Um, I feel like that I it's so hard man because like part of me is like while she was running she was running to another girl with a pretty big knife you know that girl's in trouble the other part is could somebody have gotten there before the bullet I didn't think that was the first officer that reported to the scene though it wasn't it wasn't the so, two so officers what were before, the other officers doing nothing because they're terrible people uh, and, I, and I say that is because clearly that knife didn't come out of some out of nowhere she didn't just say, you know, snapped her finger to a knife pier in her hand. It was either planned or she went in the house and got a knife. 
not sure what the situation was with the knife but um yeah it's like i get it they didn't want to get in the way like physically but i think this i think basically the other two police just did nothing so this escalated to the other two set of police and the gentleman the, the male police was like he was stuck it was like i either gotta like do i shoot her and maybe she doesn't hurt the girl or do i shoot her so she doesn't hurt he doesn't hurt the girl once again he is like fourth person in so he doesn't know the situation and stuff like that um as far as a taser goes i don't know what the situation with the taser was about um whether they had one or not because not everybody uses tasers so i don't know um that's something to look up though but yeah i mean i'm kind of torn moby because i feel like at that point in time it's almost like you're determining whose life is more important and when you don't know the whole situation yeah but i mean all right here, here here's my 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 issues just based on what i what, what i know I think he shot her like four or five times from like 10 feet away. Um, if you're trying to just stop her, you didn't think one bullet was enough from five, 10 feet away. And and that's fair. And I guess, I guess it's just really hard for me to grasp why they never can find a way to apprehend people with color alive in these situations when we've seen people with no pigmentation shoot up churches shoot you know commit mass murders and get talked down get negotiated with so there's been issues and we we saw one matter of fact we covered it a long time ago dude came at the officer with a knife and the officer started running however this girl was going after somebody else and the officer put four or five in there. Like it just it just doesn't add up to like the bottom line is like no matter how you feel about this officer, like cause I can understand that this officer and snap snap second, see somebody about to attack somebody with a knife, tells her to stop, person doesn't stop, shoot her, poke. I get it. However, the problem is why is it that we never ever get the benefit of the doubt at these scenes and it's, it is interesting that you bring that up because i did read something which they talked about things as such and you know and this is what i read this is not how i feel this is just what i read basically they said that in all those in, so like the colorado case the when the dude was in a supermarket shooting it up the case at the church in south carolina when the dude went there shot it up what happened was once the police got there, those two people automatically surrendered. They put their they put their weapon down on the ground, put their hands up, and they walked away. They walked away. Well, now, that the, hold on, hold the on. dude, the kid in Chicago, put his hands up and got shot. I mean, <laughs> once again, I'm not going to sit here and and say that that article was correct and how that works and and all that other stuff you know 
because I think that a lot of it is based on locality and it's just based on those particular cops because I I don't think every cop is bad. I feel confident in making this statement that 90, 90, 90% of them are not bad. It's that 10%, man. Or, you know, maybe a cop's not bad, but they got to make a split de- split second decision. Once again, I'm not justifying anything. I'm just not. You know, should he have not shot four times? What if he shot one and missed? I mean, so it's like, I mean, I'm just kind of looking at from both sides as best as I can. Do I think he should have shot her all? No. Do I think the girl should have not been running at another girl with a knife? But once again, once you get the whole story, you understand why she is. However, cop just appeared and he sees one person life in danger and doesn't know what's going on where you got two cops who got there before and they just sat sitting there, I guess, playing tiddlywinks. So for me, I'm more mad at those two cops who were there before because they did zero to de-escalate the situation because they're just girls go home. I mean, something. Put them in the back of a car. Like, do something. Like, the fact that they did basically nothing. And and the situation itself escalated to the point where a policeman had to pull out something. Whether it was a taser, whether it was a gun, or whether he had to jump in the way, or whatever. But there are two people there before that police. And so, I think the problem is, yes, we all feel a certain way about her getting shot you know but as far as i mean i can i can only feel a certain way about that hell hell yeah it's terrible yeah like in this this situation man like i don't i don't really feel you know any type of way because i don't i don't feel like i have all the information i feel like from what i the information i do have like i don't want to just jump to and say that this dude yeah just just shouldn't but i have some problems with some statements that you're making okay and wouldn't be the first time no but i mean and it's not it's not like in a as you say attack way like when you say well those other people just surrendered the problem is they were given opportunities to surrender because you know yes do i believe that most cops are good yeah i guess but what i do but i also believe is that even good intentioned cops still have a negative predisposition to pigmentation. They still, even good and well-intentioned cops, for some reason, police black people and people of color way more aggressively than they do white people. Whether they intend to or not, whether they're good cops or bad cops, it doesn't matter. When when they come on the scene and people look like us, they are generally way more aggressive than when it's just a whole bunch of white people there. Now, I'm not talking about this cop individually. I'm talking about overall as a whole. It seems like people with pigmentation are met with way more aggressiveness. We are seen as way more of a threat. Even if we don't have anything, we're perceived as a threat. You know, I always make the joke that when a white cop pulls up, even though I'm 6'3", 250, he probably thinks I'm shack size when he pulls up because... I guess your pigmentation adds about seven inches and a hundred pounds. I don't need the hundred pounds, but I wish I got the height. <laughs> I mean, I see what you're saying on that, though. Like, in a lot of that, unfortunately, is probably lurk. Well, not even probably. I, I don't. 
I don't know, man. He money asked were were her parents outside with her. I don't know. know. Like, and I feel the weird thing about this case is I feel like this case has been covered in the media, but I feel like we don't have a ton of details about it in the media. Like, from what I understand, the neighbors called the cops. So I I thought she, I thought she had called the cops. I think the neighbors called the cops because they. I don't think her parents were there because those girls broke into her house to do shit to her from what i this is what i'm reading see when now, i read I when i read on wrong. cnn i heard that this this happened over them you know her mom not wanting the house being dirty and the ain't so like I, i'm just conflicted because i don't have all the information man like nah nah from what i understand and, and, and you know this is another situation is like what information do you trust or what information like, like I said, CNN is says Makai Bryant and two other young women argued over a messy house and unmade bed before a fight ended with police like so that doesn't sound like these two chicks broke in to, to do harm see, to her and that's what I read and was told so it's like and that's probably my, I'll take the hit on that one because I should have looked at CNN because CNN is a worldwide news leader worldwide news leader that's funny um but yeah so it's just like a lot of it's just yeah we and, and e-money e- said she called the police she's the one that actually called the police so if you called the police why did you just lose it and take a knife to somebody well we don't know what was happening before the police body cam showed up because they might have been because t- when when the police cam footage i saw they're like coming at the cops but it was i don't know what escalated before that yeah because what should have happened is and this is like like I went to police training. But my thought is what they when they teach us to deal with children, if there are two kids getting into a, a altercation, you separate them completely. And usually, hey, I need help. Hey, watch them. Watch her. And then somebody goes and figure out what's going on. Clearly that didn't happen here. Cause what should have happened is one cop go to <clears throat> the girl who's about to be stabbed just before all this and the girl and the other cop go to the other girl and that's what should have happened clearly that didn't happen because there would be no way for her to get from one girl to the other without going through a cop you know unless the cop was like about I ain't taking no knife to the chest today what then you need to hang up your shield but and then you got the second group of cops come in so it's like I think this story is all over the place and it doesn't make any sense. None of this makes sense, especially that we're talking about it and we both have our different sets of information. It doesn't make sense at all. One, why she got, the only thing is the per the cop, the police who shot her were the second group police who should not have been like the acting police. It should have been the two people already on site who should have been quote unquote in control so but then again a guy jumps in a car and instead of pulling her taser she pulled a gun and shot and shot inside a car so it's like and the other cops looking at her like what the hell (laughs) like he tried to do the the jump back i can't believe man you messed us up i mean so it's like i don't know I i hope more information comes out with this I'm I'll be honest. There, there might be a lot of information out, but I'm, I'm sorry. I just kind of have fatigue. You yeah, know what I'm like I have is, And I think that's the issue. A lot of this stuff happened so close to around 
the major thing that happened. And I mean, I'm kind of with you, man. I honestly think last week I checked out of CNN for like three days, like truly. So it's like, because I feel like every time I turn on, somebody's getting shot. Some black person getting shot. And it shouldn't be that way. You know, whether it's around, whether it's near your, you know, in your home city or in a different state. Like the fact that I'm turning on the TV and people are being shot and then you almost find out it's like you're not sure why and you know then for some of it to be scared police like come on that's not an excuse bro that's just not an excuse and and that's why i said like i don't know if we talked about last week but i was talking to another police person or a former police person and pretty much i was like yo when you get to 25 years that should be mandatory retirement especially because you've seen so much in 25 years you're either super sensitive or just like cold about it ah it's a dead body or oh my god another dead body you know what i'm saying so it's like i think 25 years should be mandatory deuces give them their pension go do something else that has nothing to do with this because i think that will at the very least because the woman who shot the guy in the car how many years she was on the force 26 no instances as far as far as, I, as far as i know she had no prior instances or anything like that 26 years she ends up killing somebody yo 25 is a trigger and if you really want to talk it you do 20 and you have them five years on death duty so they can do a nine to five and do just be regular people and go you know what i'm saying i just think that i think that we need to protect everyone from themselves and as people we don't do a really good job of that you know we don't protect ourselves from ourselves so it's hard for other people to protect us from ourselves regardless of what you do you know there's a reason why 25 is 25 years is a retirement time yeah you've been doing this forever maybe it's time for you to do something else (laughs) <laughs> I'm not necessarily opposed to that either, but I don't I don't know how much of that fixes anything, but Well, at the very least, you just don't get you don't it's as far you you because you know there are just some there are some people who call themselves police who have been in a job 30, 35 years, and they're just tired. You look at them, they're out of shape. They look like me, they're out of shape. And like, how are you gonna chase somebody though? Like, really? Like, how are you gonna chase somebody? Like, but how are you gonna what, do that? All right. So, what if they thirty years into the job and they in great shape? Well, I mean, but it's but I'm saying it's not necessarily the physical being of them. It's twenty five years of a job that you probably have seen more than you ever care to tell. <laughs> you know, it's more or less the mental the mental state of a person you know because i mean and, and that's why like in regular jobs 25 years is kind of the staple i mean because it's just like you know 25 years you've done this job for 25 years i mean that's great we know you're good at it maybe it's time for you to go do something else you've been doing this long enough i mean but I, I ain't necessarily opposed to you that i just don't i just don't know how much that fixes like well i mean i don't i just think that I think what it does though is 
I mean, I, 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 I think I think you're just spitting at a, a forest fire right now. Like, well, I don't. Once again, I don't know if it fixes anything, but it's a, it's at least a place to start. You know, and then we go from there. I just think a lot of people, a lot. I'm of just fatigued with all this, man. Like, yeah, you know, I'm to the point where I just I just don't want to talk about it no more. And I, mean, I know that's I know that's not the stance to take, like, I, but. I just feel like after a while, man, all we're doing is we just recycling takes. Like, yeah, I'm sick of talking about it too. So we're gonna stop right now, at least for the day. So we're gonna move on to what's more important: the my five. <laughs> yeah, that's more important. Hey, man, the the world the world agrees apparently. Exactly. So the my five this week is five life changing experiences that you had in your life. Things that happen to you that change your life forever. It is still to this day. Like, this affects you in such a way that this is how you are right now. So, you want to go first? You want me to go first? Nah, man. It's all you, man. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> i help you out. So, of course, the first thing, <laughs> and of course, KB Echo transforming the movie 1986. Changed his life. He was six. <laughs> and he saw Optimus Prime die in the first 15 minutes. So, um, one of the first things that changed my life, when I was about five or six, I can't remember exactly the age, at my my big mama's house, my grandma, we called her Big Mama, she had this black dog called Midnight. And, you know, Midnight was alright. I ain't really mess with Midnight, for real, for real. But, you know, one day I tried to pet Midnight. And clearly I didn't know how to pet at that age. And Midnight bit me. From this day, I don't like dogs, man. I don't mess with dogs. Not my thing. I mean, I love all these people who love dogs. Man's best friend. All that stuff. Word. I'm happy for you. But for me, not so much. I hate cats even more. Because they like to pee on stuff when they get mad. But, nope. Uh, I'm done with, I don't like dogs, man. So, there you go. I was bit by a dog, and now I hate dogs forever. Good. Now everybody knows. Stop. Get off my case about it. Um, Number two. So, back in the day, of course, when I was a little kid, you know, if if you've ever been to my parents' house, I got this, I got the most awesome picture ever. And it's me. I was probably about one. I had a like a horsey shirt on a short with a like a rocking horse on it and i had a fro i mean i had the dopest baby fro ever so as a child i had a, i had a lot of hair man i love my mother i love her to death but there were days where she's like it's time to braid that joint plait that joint as she called it worst thing ever she had to force me to sit down because you know, for those people who've had braids or back in the day they were called plaits, you know, they braid your hair and it's tight. I won't feel in that, man. I would cry myself to sleep Why she's there for like three, four hours braiding my hair. I would wake up and I'd realize that my hair was in plaits. Usually within an hour, back out, man. Wasted her whole time. She did that a couple times. And there's pictures of it. She did it a couple times. And I guess she decided, 
I'm not wasting my, my time no more. If all he can do is pull it out. So that was one of the times that I won. To this day, as you can tell, your boy don't like a lot of hair on my head. Not a fan. Usually it's bald. I, I think I've had it in my adult life. Maybe an inch. And then, of course, it curls up. So it doesn't throw out. It curls up and it looks like knots. It's the worst crap ever. So I just, you know, at my age, I just shave it, man. I ain't got time for all that. Um, number three, um, 4-H camp, man, changed my life. I quickly tell the story. Uh, nine years old, woke up one day. Hey, get up, get dressed. It's like seven in the morning. It's the summer. What are you talking about? You know, because as a kid in the summer, you get to sleep in and stuff. Right, Moby? You sleep I mean, in during the summer. Occasionally. Yeah, if you're not in summer school or whatever. So, whatever. So, you sleep in. Nah, man. She was like, get up, get up. You're going to camp today. What are you talking about? You know? And you're nine, man. You know mom probably talked to you about camp before. You don't even remember that stuff. And especially when you've never been before. So, yada, yada, yada. Get on the bus. Mom gives me $10. Kisses me on the forehead. Go have a great week at camp. I'm on this bus with nobody I know. Worst stuff ever. Traumatic. Get to a place in the middle of the woods. Never been here before. Worst stuff ever. But I assimilated. You know, I met friends. I did all this other stuff. I had fun. And camp is really what kind of um, brought me out. Learned my independence and learned just how to meet people and all that beautiful stuff. I was kind of a turtle. Not a ninja turtle, but a turtle shell. I ain't taught nobody. I was just like that. I did my own thing. Because at that point in time, I had my little brother, but he was two. I mean, you can only do so much when you're nine and your little brother's two. Y'all can only have so much fun, you know? And then I didn't go out in the streets and stuff. Because, yeah, I like being at home. Number four, um, you know, once again, when you're nine, you don't have choices on what you do. Mom kind of, you know, my mom or your dad or whatever, mom puts me in 4-H. Once again, I'm doing all this other stuff. You know, speaking in front of people, scared to death. Learn how to do that. Learn how to be a leader. You know, am I a leader? Yes, I am. 4-H did that for me. And that's kind of a life thing that kind of started when I was nine and still goes to this day. Um, and then, you know, probably the biggest thing um is my dad um so last year my dad became type 2 diabetic complete out of the blue now i've been type 2 diabetic for 12 13 years now you know i've had some life gains and i've lost some weight and but you know for the last probably five six years I've been kind of just like whatever about it, you know. It's time sometimes I get talked to, hey. Sometimes something happens to me, hey. Your sugar's high. You should probably do something about that. And eh, whatever, keep moving. But you know, Dad became type two last year, and you know he kind of went through what I went through at the beginning and stuff. But you know, Dad's former military. You know, Dad's retired. You know, the man keeps himself in shape, stuff like that. So, 
you know, he strove me to get better because literally this dude was in the hospital with a very high sugar over, I think he said over 500. And then, you know, four or five months later, this dude is rocking an average of 90 to 120. You know, he's on, he's on medication, you know, stuff like that. But he's just like, yo, this ain't gonna beat me. He quit smoking, you know, he eats six times a day, you know, he, he basically told type two to, you know, kiss my ass basically. And that kind of gave me the strength to do the same. Now I'm still big, you know, I've lost a little weight and I'm still working on it. But knowing that dude made major changes in a four to five month period to get himself to a situation where, I mean, literally, he is close to being, I don't want to say a normal human, but, you know, just being normal, you know, without diabetes, it's just, for me, it's a life changer for me. So now... I've done what I need to do. I'm starting to work out, stuff like that. I got this little thing right here, you know, that monitors my glucose and I get to look at it when I want to look at it. You know, I don't have to prick my finger, but it forces it forces me to acknowledge it every day and knowing I need to make life changes, permanent life changes to do that. So that's what he's done to change my life. So, you know, those are the five things that has happened to me that has changed my life and I feel like with all of them I'm a better person for it your turn Moby alright well man you got all all deep on yours but um (laughs) (laughs) I mean so number one um I don't know if it's number one or biggest impact but um when I was middle school um to me, seemingly overnight, um, I went from being in Savannah, Georgia, to living in Portsmouth, Virginia. Just overnight, felt like just no, no collecting wow. two hundred dollars. You know, just just straight to P town. Wow. I mean, and you know, a lot of people say that's you know, just a location change, but for me, it was like a whole world change because. Savannah was I already felt like I lived in two cities in Savannah anyway because I lived on quote unquote the white side of town and then had to spend all my afternoons and summers on West Savannah side on on, on the black side of town so I was already like indoctrinated the two worlds and then all of a sudden I was in Portsmouth Virginia and you know I was in Portsmouth in the 90s which you know a lot of people would say that that was a rough era in Portsmouth but to me it was just a transition because I went from identifying to being from Georgia to you know for the most part most of my life now has been spent in Virginia so that was a big change for me um number two is actually hand in hand with that transition um it's a story that um I'm not even sure my mom knows so she might actually hear about it for the first time when she listens to this but um that trans- news. that transition that happened where I was all of a sudden from Savannah, Georgia to Portsmouth, Virginia, the week before we moved, 
I had played in a regional baseball all-star game. At least that's what my mom thought, regional baseball all-star game. Actually, that was the game that made my team go to Ohio to the Little League World Series. So after I pitched a shutout, I moved to Virginia and watched all of my teammates play on ESPN and make it to like, I think they made it to the, I think they were the final four, final six teams up there. See, I got to watch all of my teammates play in the Little League World Series. That's and, gotta suck. And I didn't play, ba- I didn't touch a baseball, a baseball bat for three, four years after that. I just, it just never, it never want, I never wanted to do it. It, it, it actually really hurt to this day. I, to me, in many ways, I felt like that's when I stopped even being a baseball fan. Like, if anybody knows me, you talk about sports, like, when you talk about baseball from, like, the late 90s down, like, I know all about it. Anything past that point almost doesn't exist to me. Wow. Um, so, yeah, that was kind of like a two for one. But you um, going to make your mom cry, yo? Nah, man, that's and that's why, I, that's why I never brought it up. You know what I'm saying? It was, it was just... It was just one of my things. Like she, she ain't even know. Like dang, I, dang, I ain't he, he didn't even know. I, nobody knew for real. Dang, they still won't <laughs> let you play, or it's just it won't. Work I was in Virginia. About. How was I gonna play? I mean, but you still want a team, though. They weren't gonna pay for me to travel from Virginia and meet them, and my mom sure won't go into either. Dang, <laughs> dang. I'm sorry, so um man. yeah that, i mean look it's, it's whatever man you know i i mean i'd give you I, i'd give you a virtual hug but i think that would mess up the the thing of the show right now no nah, man all, all things are working towards the good man like it's all right so um another thing is um my sophomore year in high school i was playing basketball and this guy in the school who always just kind of worked the tickets i didn't really know who he was um name was coach taylor he was actually the head football coach for churchland at the time well i just finished playing playing a game and i think i think i was kind of down because we had lost and coach taylor was like why don't you play football and i was like i never think about it i play i play basketball and he was like oh it's all right you're probably too soft for football anyway and you know he knew exactly what you're supposed to say to like a 14 15 year old to get him out there now look he i was got a, you i was a street football legend you know what i'm saying but i just never played uh, so next year i went out there and played football and the only thing my only regret is i never got to play for him because he died of cancer like six months later Oof. so he died my junior year before the season started he, he passed away so i never even got to play and this guy actually is one of the reasons I actually started playing football from one statement he made to me walking off the court. Um, another one is, um, well, this is probably super personal, but um, my brother is one of the, the biggest changing points in my life. Um, I have a younger brother. He's about nine years younger than me. But um, I didn't know he existed till the day I graduated from high school. Um, my dad thought it'd be a real cool idea to um, no, there's no shade to him. Um, 
my dad thought it'd be a real cool idea to tell my mom he didn't want to be married no more coincidentally right when i turned 18 and the day i graduated from high school and told me about a younger brother i had that he had been raising with his now wife you know the whole time in the background so the day i graduated from high school was the day i actually found out i had a brother and then i still didn't actually meet him for another almost seven years because of a random internet search where somebody looked up my name because somebody said oh i heard your dad play basketball looked up my name and i saw an article with my brother who was also starting to play basketball at the time of high school so yeah that that was um one of um the biggest changes because i mean i wouldn't say i was mad at my dad at the time but to be honest until i found out until i actually saw my brother like i just had no desire to even play um to even you know see my dad anymore so it was you know that was a definitely a transition um my last one is kind of along the same as coach taylor but um my junior year when i started playing when i started playing football and coach taylor was gone i didn't really i wasn't really into it and not that i wasn't having fun i just really wasn't into it and a coach there coach Bo, um his son is actually the coach now for churchland and uh, shout out to alonzo one of my teammates but um after one practice where i basically just half-assed it all practice because i was just athletic enough to get away with it coach Bo pulled me to the side and pretty much talked to me like i was less than a human being and at the time i never had any you know male really talk to me like that and i wanted to fight him but i was pretty sure coach Bo would have gave me them hands so you know what i'm saying like i i wanted to fight him but i also like at that age i wasn't an idiot you know what i'm saying like i was i was real self-aware like you know we could throw hands but it might not end well for me but that moment changed me because the next day when i came to practice he talked to me before practice and he talked to me like nothing had ever happened and it taught me that if you care about somebody you can tell them shit that they don't want to hear but you know you saying it out of good intention so to this day you know i revere coach bo you know what i'm saying so even to this day if anybody asked me one of the males has had the biggest impact in my life i've even talked to this man in over a decade probably but and, and that's that's my fault i probably should reach out to him but when you asked about this my father i was like yeah coach bo is probably the pivotal changing point in my life and i imagine a lot of dudes in portsmouth that played for him felt the same way because if you didn't have a, a father figure at the time like coach bo won't trying to be your daddy but he gave you a lot of those old school daddy principles where it's like you know i'm gonna slap the shit out of you if you mess up but i ain't gonna let nobody else do nothing to you and i'm only gonna do for you what i think is gonna make you better not just trying to abuse my power because he he rolled that line that that line from borderline abusive to just really tough love it, he he rolled that line it was he tight roped he was almost 400 pounds but he still had a way to tightrope that line somehow. And all I know is when he was slapping all them other players on the back of the neck, I basically said, ain't no way in hell he ever going to touch me. So I just made sure I always did what I was supposed to do because, you know what I'm saying, he will not going to slap me. He didn't even realize he never hit me until 
And when I say hit, I don't mean like he was abusing. He had this thing. If you cursed or did anything, he made you bend your head over and he slapped the back of your neck. And like, I was like, not with them paws he had. Like, no, nah, them things were never going to touch me. I had a thin neck too. You know what I'm saying? Even when I was big, they used to joke with me in the weight room for a thin neck. So I figured he might end my career if I said the wrong word. Just so, like, like the dude on NCIS? Pretty Smack. much. Except Coach Bo was a lot stronger. Like, he, I saw Coach Bo bench press 250 with one arm. Like, just to prove a point. <laughs> so, yeah. So, Coach Bo is probably going to be going to be conclusion of, like, the top five things that changed my life. You know, Coach Bo is definitely it for me. Wow. That's dope, man. That's dope. A little emotional for a little bit on both sides. But, hey, you know, that's for sure about. We try to give you the truth, nothing but the truth, and, you know, make you laugh along the way. Um, shout out to Kalita. What's going on, Cuz? How you doing? I'm glad you you're listening in I, I just caught you on the facebook one i gotta go back and forth sometimes so yo just to let you know kalita i'm watching the progress i'm with you so um you know go ahead moby keep going i mean what's on your mind bro all right man what's on my mind um after you know you suggested this my five thing um it got me to thinking um not talking about anything that's going on in the world. I'm going to talk about just like me and my own personal world. Um, one of the things I almost put on my list, but I wanted to save it for what's on my mind is like, your life is short. And um, I think we spend so much time wondering about things that we can't control that we, we neglect the things that we can. And one of the things we can control is, um, just telling people around you that you love them while they're here. You know what I'm saying? As they say, give them their roses while they're here. Um, and one of those things that happened to me in my life, um, which I almost put on the list, but I decided to save it for this, is um, we had a co-worker. Um, when I say we, um, yeah, you were still with the company at the time, too. So um, her name was Lynn, and we went to training with me, Lynn, and my, my now wife, um on the whole trip she seemed a little out of it and me and my wife who we were just friends at the time didn't notice it part of the reason i didn't notice it is because i was so proactively um engaged with my now wife but um so what happened is when we flew back from jersey to virginia about 12 hours after we got back she actually had an aneurysm and they said some of the things that she was doing on the trip we were saying she kept forgetting where we were going what we were doing things that we were just like man maybe she tired we didn't realize what was going on those are all signs that she was actually about to have an aneurysm now from that i will say since that moment i've actually tried my best to tell people i love them you know why i get to talk to them um that was about 2007 and i would say from 2007 to now i've really tried to engage with people and tell them that i love them while they're here um some people think it's weird that you know i tell male friends i love them. i tell you i love you reuben but um yeah man so what's on my mind is man if you've got somebody you know in your life that that matters tell them you love them while they're here man um you know, Lynn influenced my life in that way. She also influenced my life because in many ways, that was what kind of got me and my wife together. So 
I'm not happy that she passed away, but I'm, you know, I'm happy that it, you know, it changed me for a positive and put such a positive person in my life. But yeah, so that's what's on my mind, man. If you, you know, if you got somebody around that you really care about, friends, you know, loved ones, man, tell them you love them while they're here, man. Very true. Very true. Um, wow, man, you make it hard to follow things. I let that's, you go first into my five. Yeah, man. Now it's like, <laughs> yeah, I guess it seems so inconsequential. But um, you know, I can't wait, man. I can't wait till Thursday. So, to give some context, um, <laughs> so funny, Boko Cowboy. <laughs> That, that was so long ago. We we're past that. You gotta check. You gotta check episode like seventy five, I think, for that one. So, um, yo, man, I can't wait till the NFL draft gets here. And everybody's like, "Hold on, you just went from this heartfelt thing from Mo." No, nah, man, talk about it, man. I'm with you on this. So and keep going. into 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 <laughs> some some damn NFL. I did, man. And I can't wait till I can't wait till this weekend is over. I love the draft. I love it. I think it's great. Last year by far was the greatest. I'm sick of hearing about it. Oh my god, I'm sick of hearing about it. What's gonna happen on TV after the draft's over? <gasps> They're gonna talk about how bad the draft. Some people drafted. Some like, yo man, like I'm excited for it. But like the news outlets, ESPN, is killing it for me. But on Thursday, I'm going to be in front of my television. I'm sad that it's not, um, that it's going to be live. And if people going to be there, because real talk, last year's was so greatest, so great. It gave so many great moments, such as, um, why well, can't I think his name? The dude who got picked by Dallas, snatching his phone from his girl because the girl's oh, yeah. trying to pick up the phone. This ain't belong to you, girl. I mean, yo. No, the, be- the best was when mama took the girl oh, off the of old boy. I was getting there. That I was, was the getting best, there. boy. Oh, man. Dude from Clemson. <laughs> girl tried to girl tried to hug up on him, hug up on him. Mom warned her. This ain't your moment, chick. Yeah. And then she yanked <laughs> out. Yo. That mama strength. You know, you know the yeah. coach was in there going, yo, if mama can pull him like that, you yeah. made the right pick. Yeah, man. And yo, the greatest thing. Was he just kept crying? He he didn't see nothing. He was just crying that he got drafted and he about to be a millionaire and all this other stuff. And yo, she got yanked up out the paint. I wonder if nah, they're still together. It won't. It won't that he he didn't notice. It was just he nah, was he like, just yo, that joint. He was like yo, me. you know who my mama is? Like I told you before, you came up in this house how to act. Yeah. <laughs> and it, you know, don't, don't don't no dude bring no chick in the house. Without giving her him her the warning about who they mama is, yeah, and I said it like that on purpose. Who they mama is, like if you if you came up in my house back in the day, I told you who Miss Brown was. Like you like don't get it twisted. There are some do's and don'ts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you know what? And if you don't tell your significant other that, that's your fault. That is your fault because no, I don't believe it. I just don't. I don't believe he would have set her up for failure like that, man. So I mean, you can't. So she she did she did that to herself. Because, I mean, let's just be real, guys. We're taking somebody home to the family, whether it's a small family or the big family. In the vehicle, you are giving 
that person the play-by-play on everybody who gonna be there and who might be there and who they might talk about because they ain't there yeah you give the scouting report you know yes. the tendencies of the aunts and uncles you know this the person don't not to talk to this the person that's gonna be in your business and this mama's alabama you better say yes sir you know yeah. yes sir yes ma'am to these people yeah you, you give the guy you give the game point and if you don't then you're a failure yeah shame Which, on you because because you getting you getting that person set up for failure i'm sorry man i gotta hijack your thing real quick man though man i hate the draft format now man the draft and I'm selfish, man. The draft used to be for people like me, man. People like me who followed college football, who thought they was going to be a general manager one day. And, you know, draft used to be Saturday and Sunday. First three rounds on Saturday, <laughs> second three rounds on Sunday. Yeah, it was like six hours each day. But you know what? If you was dedicated to the cause, you was there the whole time like me. I was there the whole time, 12 o'clock on Saturday to whenever it ended. And Sunday, I woke right up. And, and, and watch it again now nah, man we getting all these breaks you get prime time thursday night and friday and then leftovers on saturday man these ain't no real draft fans man these these are pretenders man these the bandwagon drink draft geeks man man i'm a day oneer. like i was i remember mel kuyper when you know we had the real slick back hair now they got puffy a little bit and you know they got too much hairspray and like i remember the old mel kuyper before todd mcshay was there like Chris Berman, like, come on, man. This, I miss the old draft. And yeah, this is just the old head dude talking. And yeah, old head is a term that old people say, just like young blood. But this young blood draft, man, F this, man. I, I'm, this too, it's too many days, man. Thursday, prime time. Like, I don't want prime time. It, it, draft used to be a holiday for me. I used to take Saturday and Sunday off. Like, no matter what job I ever had, I'd be like, yo, that third weekend in April, I'm taking the draft off. You know what I'm saying that that's just what's happening, but now you know all these young bloods out here wanting prime time and getting all this money and got quarterback camps and John Gruden making the face talking to quarterbacks and stuff. Man, this ain't no real draft, man. This this BS, man. Everybody, this is a Madden player now. Missed my draft. All right, I'm good. I'm good. I had to get that out of my system. And you know they replaced John Gruden with um, Kirk Herbstreit. It's I called mean, QB twenty one. I'm just like, I know, I know. You know man. what, man? I actually prefer it, man, because I hate hearing John Gruden talk about how he loves everybody. Yeah, and then, but he, and then tries to give him tough love all the time. And like, you know, I gotta, I gotta pretend that that John Gruden didn't t- say that Johnny Manziel was gonna be a Hall of Fame NFL quarterback. You know what I'm saying? Like, but why you know what, man? That Johnny stuff? football, man. That Johnny football is gonna be, he's gonna be a good player. Why you gotta break up old stuff, man? <laughs> <laughs> But nah, I mean, back to my statement. Look, I'm ready for the draft to be here so I can be excited then to be gone. So, because once the draft over, we are exactly three and a half months away from football. We're NBA playoff away. (laughs) In Olympics. So, yeah. But yeah, man. I mean, that's all that was on my mind. Yo, shout out to everybody who listened today. Thank you. Um, once again, pick our my five fours. Um, we got a couple people up here, you know, who put some stuff out. So we gonna write those down and see what happens. As you can Dang, see, seriously, man, don't come up with no whack shit either. Like, yeah, hit us on the email, the Twitter, the Twitch, the Instagram. Just just hit us up. What do you want our my five next week to be? And you know what? We gonna voice. We gonna say what it is and who won. And I mean, you know. 
maybe you might be on a show. Yeah, peeps, make make it a real good, uncomfortable one so I can see Ruben do some pearl clutching during his my five. Hold on, like, first just, of all, just make it something real personal. What? I don't do any pearl clutching. <laughs> I don't do any. What? Man, you must be talking about AG though. Uh, all my five show. I mean, we did that once. Yeah, we did. We had we had two actually. We had one to begin and one to end. That was like a three-hour episode, but we're not doing those no more. Because, you know, I'm old. Man, I got a job, man. <laughs> job. <laughs> so, hey, look. Top again, five Star Wars scene. Dre, I couldn't help you. Get out of here, bro. I can't give you one. It's not my thing. Hey, my uh, I, can give you, I can give you like two. Maybe even three. I mean, that's about it. I could do Luke, I'm Your Father. Because everybody knows that one. Um, I could do the joint when they did the... Um, when they wrapped up the, the the things in Return of the Jedi. They wrapped up the machines in the snow planet. Um, if you say so. They did the um, Gulliver's Travels on the joints. And um, when they put Han Solo in the in the container and they froze him. But we're not talking about that no more. I mean, you're talking to yourself right now, man, because I... You know, I don't like Star Wars. I'll take your real. word on it. I'll take your word on it. Cool. But look, once again, thanks to everybody who's listening. Um, whether live or on the podcast, we appreciate you very much. www.5minutewarning.com. Definitely check it out. Um, you know, hit us up on our social media. Once again, thank you to everyone for being here. Next Sunday, 9 p.m. Yo, about to turn around and do this again. Episode 80 next week. Take it easy. Have a good week. Deuces. You can send any questions or comments to FIVE Minute Warning 19 at gmail.com. The five minute warning can now be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Breaker, Google Podcast, and Radio Public. Share, like, subscribe. You've been listening to the 5-Minute Warning with Ruben Brown. Search 5-Minute Warning on the Spotify app. Peace. Stay safe out there.